www week three here we are it's been a couple weeks diving in today we're going to be looking at the word wait look at your neighbor and say wait not talking about scales but wait, as in wait on the Lord. In the book of Revelations, it says that in heaven, there will be a 30-minute um, moment of silence. 30 minutes. So today we're going to practice for heaven. and We're just going to stay in silence for 30 minutes. Okay, so I have nothing to say, you have nothing to say, and we're going to practice for heaven and just sit here for 30 minutes. <laughs> I think not many of you <laughs> would be very successful at that task, so I didn't think of doing that, but I don't think we can do that. Look at your neighbor and say, you got a big mouth. <laughs> It'll get us in trouble, but that's okay. Uh, a little truth won't hurt sometimes. We need some true soup sometimes. Get you a little dose of that. But the book of Isaiah was the verse that we used uh, when we talked about WWW and how technology and and God wants us to uh, utilize technology for his uh, honor and for his purposes. And he intends to make himself known to the world and all of his creation. And he'll use whatever means necessary to do that, and technology is a part of that. Amen. So if we are used to saying, I hate technology, it's rent the world, it's rent my life, it's rent this, it's rent that, what are we looking for? We're looking for ruin. But what if we looked at it and said, God allowed this to happen in my lifetime to bless me? Amen? Yes. How we walk in the room and the heart that we bring in the room with us impacts how we leave the room. Yes. But I hope God can wreck our world and cause us to see differently than how we came in. Amen. How many wants to leave like you came in? Broke, busted, disgusted. <laughs> Amen. Tore up, pressured. I'd rather walk in freedom, wouldn't you? Amen. I'd rather walk out of here feeling like I'm floating on air, knowing that I've met God today. Amen. In the book of Isaiah, the Old Testament, Isaiah the prophet said in Isaiah 40, this is the verses we're going to read, talking about waiting. It says, have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He's not your Google. Google is instantaneous. i got to go right now, so if I Google it, I expect Google to give me my results, right? Sometimes we ask God some things that the answer doesn't come instantaneously. Can somebody say amen? Been there, done that, got the T-shirt, 
It says the bridge on the front of it. Not today, everybody else does. Joe Don does, Leslie does. Albert's got hers on over there teaching the kids today. Verse 29, he gives us power, he gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Think about that. To the faint. Those that feels like I don't have another breath to breathe and I feel like I'm about to pass out from the pressures of life. He gives power to you. Power to what? Power to succeed. To power to get through. The power to accomplish the things you think's unaccomplishable. I can't get there. I, I have no more in me. I'm just going to give up and turn around and walk back and walk back in defeat and say I couldn't do it. But God says he gives power to the faint. If you've walked in this place today feeling defeated, deflated, not good enough, God's power is here today to cause us to walk out differently than we came in. Amen. Amen. And to him who has no might, my strength. <laughs> it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. If we would walk in his abilities and not our own, we could do so much more. Amen. He's asking us, give up your control and see what I can do. Amen. Any control freaks in the room? If it's one sitting inside of you, just keep looking ahead. That way they don't think you're thinking about them. If your spouse is... <laughs> I'm not even looking over there right now. Verse 30, even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall feel and fall exhausted. But they that wait on the Lord, everybody say wait on the Lord. But they that wait on the Lord, so that must mean, according to this, that there are some that does not. Amen? I did it my way. <laughs> That'd be a nice song to sing at this point in time. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those that wait on the Lord shall have these things. And I said in week one that waiting implies patience. We all need patience. Patience with who? Patience with God. Amen? Anybody ever got mad at him? Anybody not understand something that's happened in your life and you held him accountable for it and you got mad at him? Patience with God gives him the ability to do his desire and his plan and his intent because we're waiting on it. Patience gives you the ability to wait.
Anybody ever been impatient with somebody in the room? Leslie gets mad at me when she's doing all of her projects. And I sit in my chair while she's doing whatever she wants to do because I'm fine how I am. I'm pretty patient. I'm just waiting. It's okay. She wants to get in there and fix something. Then she tears it apart and breaks it, then hollers at me. And then when I go in and try to help, she's not very patient with me because she says I'm not patient with her. And I've heard this a thousand times. Would you talk to your apprentices that way? Uh, no, probably not. Mm. They're bigger than me. Mm. <laughs> the closer you are to someone, mm -hmm. the easier it is to be mean. Yeah. And it's most likely those that we really love the most. Right? And think about that. That God says, draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh to you. Set your heart on the things that are above. That's him. The closer we get to him, the more our patience is going to wear thin with him. So some of you a moment ago said that you've been mad at God before. That's okay. It proves how close you are to him. It's a sign that he's close enough and loved enough that you're holding him accountable. He says that. In Malachi, in Old Testament, he said, prove me. With this. Talked about tithing. Talked about that. Prove me. Test me. Hold me accountable to what I said I would do. Amen. It's his word. What are we going to do with it? Now, it's not easy to stand up here and act like we're telling God what to do. I don't like it much. But if you can find it in his Bible, and it says, I will bless you abundantly. I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing that you cannot contain. If you're praying prayers, God bless me, not just in financial matters, amen, with health, with abilities, with family, with a future, with a hope. If you begin to pray those prayers and say, I'm holding you in account to what you promised in your word. And your word says that it won't return void that it will accomplish that thing it was set out to do. And God is sending out his word through us and through our lives to accomplish his will. As Leslie said, sign-ups is Wednesday. And if you're not here, we're signing you up anyway. So if you want to pick what you want to do, you better get here. If not, we'll let you know. Anybody ever been to one of those meetings where they do that? The person that misses Chuck, you're supposed to be in the meeting. <laughs> I'm kind of sick today. Okay, Hoss, I'm going to get you some. I'm going to pay the piper this time. Waiting 
I love this verse and just thinking about churches and and how we are so uh, I'm the perfect one you know how churches are right like there's somebody in there that's like I'm the perfect one if everybody came here was just like me man what would this church be it'd be awesome because I'm just flat out awesome and I make no, no mistakes and I'm just a perfect picture of what God wants a human to be you're right 1 Corinthians 11, 33 says, So my dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper or come to church, wait for each other. Amen. Ammon, your mother. <laughs> ben and Howie, your mother. How many of those are some people shows up when they want to show up? Don't you love it that Paul told the church, wait for each other? A few years ago, Les and I went down to Florida, and it's kind of one of them trips. We go on vacation sometimes. We just flip a coin. Every road we go to, flip a coin. And finally end up somewhere, and we'll knock on somebody's door, and, hey, how are you? Ain't seen you for a while. Well, we're here. We've done this. This is Tom and Gartha, and... and uh, we knocked on her door, and they didn't even know we was coming, and we just knocked on her door. Hi, how are you? We're in Florida. It's like, okay. Um, got to play golf with Tom and have a good time. But they was going to a church over there in town that they'd found somewhere that they'd heard some friends invite them to or something. It was a, a faith church, and, and they went over there. And, and I remember Garth being so tickled because that pastor just couldn't get people to get to church on time. So one Sunday, he said, when should church be? If I'm saying 1030 and that's not working, church, when should it be? He just left it up to them. And some woman in the crowd jumped up and said, I'd like it to be at 1047. <laughs> Where's that come from? You know, always churches are like 10.30 or 11 or 11.30 or, you know, try to keep it somewhat something people remember. That woman just like, yeah, 47, that's good. You know what that pastor did? That's what it was. They marked it on their website. They, they announced it in the church service. This is when we're starting church. And they just wait on them. All right, just, that'll give them 17 more minutes to get in here, I guess, and come on in. We'll start when you get here. That would require patience, wouldn't it? And you early birds, come on now. The early bird, there's two different types of people. The people that sleep in and the people that don't. And they're not very patient with each other. Am I telling the truth or am I just meddling or what's going on here? And some of you might live with somebody like that, that there's that much difference between you and they. But the patience of that, to wait on them and just let it be. Does it really matter? What's so rushed in life 
that we get so caught up that everybody has to be like me. Now, maybe there's some perfect people in here, but I don't know. I challenge that. And society as a whole needs to be patient with each other. And the reason there's so much bickering and fighting and complaining and just anguish in the world is because we can't get along. Well, I guess I better leave that alone and go to something else. Everybody's like, got it, move on, preacher. I'm going to walk out here and be the most patient person in the world today. I assure you, by the time you get out of that door and head down the road, somebody's going to cut you off. There, <laughs> we can think in our heart and purpose in our heart to be patient, but it's tough. Can somebody say amen? Being patient with people is tough because people are goobers. Yeah. Amen. The world's just full of goobers. I, it's, it's hard to get along, man. It really is. You're on my last nerve, and it's my only nerve. It must be my only nerve because everybody's on it, you know? So this week, as I was thinking about this waiting, and, you know, you get something on your heart and on your mind, and you think about it, and you uh, ponder. I love my, my grandpa, Collier, always would say, you know, he'd just sit there, and he'd be out in the swing, just swinging in the morning. You go out there, and he'd say, what are you doing? Pondering. On what? I don't know. What I might do today? What I might do next week? <laughs> he was just so laid back and so just at ease, wasn't he, Mom? Just a peaceful not in a rush. And I remember as little kids, and we, we was them goobers. We, we grew up goobers. And mom and dad would take us out there and leave us all, you know, two weeks through the summer. We'd go out and just stay with them. And I'm sure mom and papa loved that. <laughs> two whole weeks. All the grandkids there just piled up. And they loved it so much that they figured out pretty quick, mom and papa did, that they took, and he, he bought an old army tent and set it up out in the yard, and that's where we all stayed. <laughs> Come on over. Have a good time. You're going to be out in the yard. Rain, hose in the tent. I mean, it was something else. We, we was hoodlums. We sure was. But it didn't affect Papa at all. He just lay back, you know, being that swing. He had a... A pattern that he'd go by, and he, he'd go get the paper every day, where, you know, go over and see what's going on in the world. Didn't have TV. They didn't have TV or anything. Wouldn't even really turn on the radio. He'd just read the newspaper. That's how he, Portsmouth Daily Times, what he got. And certain time, he'd just go out and mosey up out of the swing and walk over through there and get in his car and start it up. Old Slant 6 Dodge, what's the name of him? Howie Valari, something like that. I don't know, some kind of old Chrysler car. And... He wouldn't tell anybody what he's doing. But we knew when that car started, if you want to go to the store, you better get in the car. And he didn't blow the horn. He didn't come out there, hey, who all wants to go to the store today? And he would throw it in reverse, and we would literally run and open the door, and he wouldn't stop. It's a wonder we didn't get run over and killed. He would just keep driving. 
And if you got in, you got in. If you hung on the door going through the lane, you hung on the door. I mean, he didn't have a care in the world. You talk about patient with a bunch of hoodlum kids. I mean, we was, you know, elementary age school kids and climbing on the car and trying to get in and hoping to get over the store to maybe get something, put it on the bill. None of you guys ever put anything on the bill, did you? Put it on the tab. Thank God for Oral Bentley. Hall's cash and carry, but then they run a tab. It's like, what in the world? What's Why you say cash and carry on your sign and then allow somebody to run a tab? <laughs> yeah, so many more. There's rows. Uh, just so many. There's, there's, there's a lot of those stores out there. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. But you can think of those patient people that you've had in your life that made an impact on your life. And to think back through those days and remember those patient people and want to emulate them. So in my pondering this week, I, I, don't, I think it was Tuesday evening. I come in and I don't know, it was just one of them nights I just went to bed. You know, it was about 9 o'clock and usually I'm up at 11 or whatever. And about 9 o'clock I just... I was tired and yawning and just went to bed. And a dream happened. Anybody ever dream? How many loves having a dream that makes you anxious? That's no fun, right? I wanted to rest, Chuck. I went to sleep so I could rest. But I had a dream. And here's how this dream is. I, I was somewhere and they invited me to come and preach at this church. And I'd never been there before, and I'm pretty comfortable here, but you take me outside of here, I, I'm not real comfortable. I'll, I get antsy. But they invited me to this church, and it was like it was real old times. I mean, it, it's like 200 years ago or something. It wasn't like I'm in today's world with technology and all this stuff and leaning on this and got this. and I, I was in a world that I wasn't accustomed to. Everybody follow me? So 200 years ago, old church, everybody coming in with hats like how he's got on. Horse and buggies literally coming up to the church. There's food outside. It was just a, I, I was like, what's going on? I, I thought we was going to have a church service. And literally, it was like going back in time. And I've heard stories about people doing this, but I, and here I am, I'm, I'm back here in this place that I'm not comfortable. Because I'm used to kindly in the service, when do I walk up here? When, do, when does Leslie stop? When do I start? When do we end? And I'm kindly controlling here. But I try to be mindful of the Holy Spirit to say, when is that moment in time? I don't always know. But in this situation, I was completely uncomfortable. People there, and I remember one guy, he was kind of the rambunctious one and beating and banging and thrashing and going back and forth and just everybody would pull up. He'd just run over and pat him on the back. Hey, how are you? Just, you know, and I was like, kind of like Ernie, <laughs> kind of like Ernie or Joe Don. They're, they're a whole lot alike. It, I, I was just like, when is this going to get started? Is there a starting point to church? And there wasn't. Nobody had watches. 
It was just like, we'll get there when we get there. And that carefree kind of life is something I desire, but I don't like. Does that make sense? I want to be like Papa and not really worry about a whole lot and just lay back and smoke my pipe and, you know, just have a good time. But at the same time, I'm thinking the way I'm designed and wired, I would never get anything done because I'd just be pondering about it all the time. But he actually accomplished stuff. But this church was just kind of strange and it was something I wasn't used to. And I remember finally it got to the point and everybody gathered inside. And I, I mean, it was a, a hoedown outside. I mean, literally, it was like 200 years ago or something. And, it, and a hoedown going on outside and everybody just having a big old time. Finally got them all rustled in the church. And I stood up, and they got a moment in time to preach, and, and I stood up to preach, and I couldn't remember my verse. It's hard to preach a message, Betty, when you don't remember your verse. And I was standing there in front, and it was full. I mean, it was packed full of 1900s-style people just sitting around, and they had had a good time, and now they're in here to hear what's God got to say. And I'm standing up in front of them, and I'm like, I, just completely at a loss for words. And those of you who come to church, you know that I'm not at a loss for words very much. In this kind of arena, I, I usually got, it, got, got something to say. And I had nothing. I had planned, but I had nothing when I got there. But they were very patient. And the old ways aren't bad ways. What if we could come to church and just not rushed and just pat each other on the back and just so glad to see each other? And this generation of people, they'd work hard all week, plowing gardens, doing all the things they knew to do. And Sunday was a Sabbath. But they would come in and it was just a time for community. A place where I got to meet people in the holler. And just have a good time. But finally my verse came back to me. And the second I said the verse and quoted the verse was when I woke up. Now I don't understand why God showed me that dream because I think he causes us to dream I think he can speak to us through dreams I, I believe that he can give us peace through dreams it, the scripture's full of stories of people dreaming and this was a dream that I kindly it took me back to a day and a time where that there was peace amongst the saints that there was patience amongst the saints. That there was no rush. There was no hurry. It's just a, an absolute love and cherishing of each other. And I can tell you this, that when you wait on God, and you're not in a big hurry, and you're not rushing things, He will cause you to be at ease with each other. 
Look at your neighbor and say, take a deep breath. Because just talking about this is making some of you anxious. Some of you sitting here thinking, mm-mm, not my house. In Amos it says this, an Old Testament book. It says, you can't wait for the Sabbath day to be over and your religious festivals to end so you can get back to cheating the helpless. You measure out grain with dishonest measures and cheat the buyer with dishonest scales. And Amos the prophet was speaking to the children of Israel, the, the Jewish people that were very religious and very custom on the Sabbath to do Sabbath things. And Amos is prophesying to people on behalf of God and saying, you can't wait for Sabbath day to be over so you can get back to doing business and cheating people. Because they built their scales and everything was weighed back then. And you would cheat the scales. Right, Wayne, at a racetrack, you can, okay. The cheaters never win. It looks to me like cheaters win a lot. But he was prophesying to them saying, you can't wait for Sabbath to be over. They were still honoring the Sabbath. They were still coming in and praying in the temple. They were still doing the things that they were supposed to be doing in the synagogue. As far as religious custom and tradition. But God's telling them, but you go out and cheat all week. Everybody say, God's watching. He's keeping account. Some people can't wait. Some people love to wait. These were people that couldn't wait for Sabbath to be over so they could go cheat some more people. And it's just amazing as you read through that. The book of Amos. And then there's another little bit of a holy weight that's not really a holy weight but kindly a holy weight. It's in Habakkuk chapter 2. And I want us to read this and think about this, that Habakkuk was a prophet that got tired of waiting. He had watched for a long time. He had, most think that he was uh, involved in the priesthood in some way, shape, or form. Old Testament prophet, prophesying to the people of God. But I, I want us to look at this in, in Habakkuk chapter 1. I, I just want to start this verse out here. This message that the prophet Habakkuk received in a vision. Listen to these words. I want you to listen to this. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. This has been 2,700 years ago that this was wrote, written down. The law has become paralyzed, and there's no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so that justice has become perverted. The Lord replied, look around at the nations. Look and be amazed, for I'm doing something in your own day. Something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. 
I'm raising up Babylonians, a cruel and violent people. Listen to this. God is raising up Babylonians, a cruel and violent people. They will march across the world and conquer other lands. They are notorious for their cruelty and do whatever they like. Their horses are swifter than cheetahs and fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their charioteers charge from far away like eagles. They swoop down and devour their prey. When they come all bent on violence, their hordes advance like the desert wind, sweeping captives ahead of them like sand. They scoff at kings and princes and scorn their fortresses. They simply pile up ramps of earth against the walls and capture them. They sweep past like the wind and are gone, but they are deeply guilty for their own strength is their God. If that doesn't sound like today, I don't know what does. Now, Habakkuk's second complaint. How many knows when you don't when you complain to God once, you might as well go ahead and get a second punch in, right? It's like one, two in boxing. You don't just hit once, you know, hit a jab, 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 and then one, two. Maybe get one, two, three sometimes. So this is his second complaint. Verse 12. Oh Lord my God, holy one, you who are eternal, surely you do not plan to wipe us out. O Lord, our rock, you have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us from our many sins. But you are pure and cannot stand in the sight of evil. Will you wink at their treachery? Should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they? Are we only fish to be caught and killed? Are we only a sea creature that have no leader? Must we be strung up on their hooks and caught in their nets while they rejoice and celebrate? Then they will worship at their nets and burn incense in front of them. These nets are the gods who have made us rich, they will claim. You will let them get away with this forever? Will they succeed forever in their heartless conquest? Habakkuk was impatient with God. And sometimes calamity hits us, and hard times hits even the saints. Amen? The pain of life is inevitable, even for the saints. But verse 2, verse, or chapter 2, it says this, I will climb upon my watchtower, Habakkuk saying this, and I will stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how, we, how he will answer my complaint. I will wait. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Write my answer plainly. There are studies about when you hear something and take notes and write it down, how much more likely you are to accomplish things when it's on tablets. God knew this. Verse 3, the vision is for a future time. Ain't that just like God when you're so caught up and trying to make him answer you? And it says you're waiting 
Then you go up and you sit there with your pen. And can you imagine this? As Habakkuk sitting there and God's finally going to answer him. And you hear his voice for the first time in 100 years. And you're like, wow, that's awesome. Now I hear him. <laughs> this first sentence, think about what Habakkuk's got to write down. This vision is for a future time. <laughs> it describes the end and it will be fulfilled. It describes the end. It seems slow in coming. Wait patiently. For it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Look at the proud, they that trust them in themselves. Their lives are crooked, but the righteous will live with their faithfulness to God. I don't know what God's asking you to do in this place today other than the fact that he's asking you to wait and be patient. Don't make hasty decisions. Wait on him. A lot of the pain that we endure in this life is because we get ahead of God and we try to make him do what we want him to do. And it brings about pain that he didn't desire for us. We're pressuring him. And he's saying, take a breath. Just lean back in your seat right now. I want you to lean back. Even people leaning forward, I just want you to lean back. Let your arms down. Just take a deep breath. Now I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say, be patient with your family. I think you need to take another breath. Because <laughs> the second that would come up, it's like, I don't know. Can I do that? Yes, you can do that. If you wait on God, you wait for his answers, you can be patient. The Bible says that God appoints leaders to be in charge of us. So I'm going to ask you to be patient with your leaders. Whoever that is. Be patient with your neighbors. Anybody have a hard time getting along with a neighbor? Uh-oh, somebody's having a meltdown. It's over. Be patient with your church family. Because the closer we get and the more connected we get through red-letter challenges and we get in these groups and these pods and whether it's we go kayaking together or play ping pong together or start a gardening team together or do workout together. Everybody wanted to do that first of the year, Elizabeth. What happened? <laughs> that club fell apart pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, she's a you got to be patient with them, Elizabeth. Be patient. You've worked out all year. You can't take it out on them in one time. But I truly want us to walk out of here not with heavy hearts, but with patient hearts. And I want to pray that we would ask God because I'm not very patient. Has anybody met with me? I'm not very patient. I have a hard time 
dealing with ignorance, and it seems like it's running rampant all around me. <laughs> They're all probably all pointing back at me saying, man, that's the ignorance right there. Be patient with me. If you would, let's bow our head and close our eyes. And God, help us to help us to wait on you. And help us as a church to be like that church in my dream that that they weren't so caught up in what time it was or what else they had to accomplish next week, but they were just in the moment and they were at peace. And it was a, a beautiful picture of love. Just like your word says, how beautiful it is when brethren dwell together in unity. And help us have a unified spirit. And help us paint a picture to the world that is around us when we leave here throughout the week. Of somebody that's at peace, that's at ease. That we don't cause disturbances for the fun of it. That we're patient with our family unlike we've ever been before. God, that we're patient with you. That we're patient with our neighbors. That we're patient with our boss. We're patient with the leaders that you've placed over us in this nation, oh God. And God, let us bless and do not curse. Let us accept your will. And let us breathe deep breaths. God, I know that this society that we're living in, that there's so many studies out there right now that suicide is running rampant and there's people that takes their own lives to escape the anxiety that they're feeling. And God, those with anxious hearts in this place today, including myself, give us peace. Give us patience. Give us courage. Give us strength. Give us power to endure until the end. God, I pray right now that through your Holy Spirit that you would cause anxiety to fall off the shoulders of the saints in this room. For those that are watching online, to those that are covered up, that the burdens of this life have them weighed down, just like you said in Hebrews, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does easily beset us. God, I pray for weights to fall off in this place and for those watching right now that they would feel an ease come over them. God, that your Holy Spirit to minister from the inside out and cause them that anxiety would be broken in the name of Jesus in this place even now. Satan, you have no hold over God's people. Be dismissed. God, give us peace that passes understanding. 
Help us do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.